Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to gracelife.church. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the gracelife.church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Two more Sundays in this building. Two more times to come here. But here's why this is really important for you guys. We will not be having a noon service in the new building, which for some of you is good, for some of you is bad. Some of you are actually going to have to get up with an alarm clock on a Sunday. Y'all haven't done that in like two years or something. It's kind of crazy. So we're starting August 12th. We will be a couple hundred yards from here. I think most of you have seen the building. Isn't that exciting what's going on? Everything. Yeah, it's so cool. Anyway, and that we will start 930 and 11.15, so you got to pick a new time. You guys ready for this? Can y'all get to a 9.30 service? Some of you are like, ah, I don't know so much about that. All right, and as you know, we're going to kick all of that off with a, a uh, dedication, just a celebration, a time of worship and food, hanging out together on Wednesday, August 8th. That'll actually be the first thing that we do together in the building. And all through this process, we've been reminding you uh, that, that, you know, at least actually not all through the process, just these last couple of weeks, we said, hey, you know, th- there are some things that went over budget and some surprises as we did things with the county. They say, oh, you got to change that and do this. You know how that kind of stuff goes. And so we ended up needing about $250,000. So what's cool is about four weeks ago, I told you that, and it's already under one hundred and fifty right now. So we've got another five or six weeks. Yeah, you can celebrate that. But we've got about another five or six weeks. We need 150000 And so I appreciate what God is doing. I hope you guys do as well. Thank him for that. Keep praying that he'll do that. You know, we have a tendency when we pray to say things like, God, really, I, I help that guy beside me to give more. So as you're praying that God will meet this need, just make sure you also ask God what your part might be in that. You know, let's not all just look down the, the road there like, you're going to help with this thing? So anyway, that's enough about that. Anyway, it is so exciting to see what's going on. They put the plants in this week and landscaping, and it's, it's just going to look really good here. Very quickly, everyday stuff is happening. Stuff's happening inside that some of it you don't even see, but I need some help. Not me, actually. I'm not the one doing it. We need some help. Uh, you guys see these plastic things on the wall behind us? That was our, it's called a set design. It's our decoration for the stage. Those took a couple of hours to put up. The one that we're doing in the new building is a little bit higher level. It's been taking weeks to build. And so we've had some guys that have been working over there. It feels like they've been living there. They've had full-time jobs and families. And and still, every time I've gone into the building, somebody's been there working. So this week, we really need to finish this project up. And so here's the deal. Any evening this week, starting at five o'clock, if if you know how to use a hammer or a drill or a screwdriver or a saw or anything, or you just enjoy uh, helping out with that kind of work, anybody who can do that, any evening this week, starting at five o'clock p.m., we need to finish up with the set that we've got going on so the people who do all the lights and all that kind of stuff, they can connect all the dots that go together. Cool? So anybody gonna come? Have fun? Yeah, there you go. All right, good. Today... One more special treat. One more Sunday with me not preaching. I'll be back next week. Somebody's been joking about me being in retirement. (laughs) All right, I'm going to come out of retirement. Is that okay? I'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I have to tell you, one of the things that just really uh, surprises me about what God has done and humbles me at the same time is the the leaders that he brings into Grace Life and sometimes in to stay, sometimes just through because of the military. You know, we're right here near Fort Jackson. We're probably about 40% military and one of the things that we get a lot of are chaplains. 
because the chaplain school is there. And so someone going to the school or working at the school will recommend Grace Life. And then there's more chaplains and so forth. And, and so anyway, we've got one of those leaders here with us today. And uh, I'm just honored to have him be a part of Grace Life in the first place. Because y you've probably seen him hanging out back there on the drums with his mohawk. You know, it's funny because you see these army guys get like a weekend off. Most of them just try to grow a little something right here. No, not Brian, man. Brian goes for a mohawk for two days. And so anyway, but here's the cool part is uh, that he's going to share with us today. He's going to do something more than play drums with his mohawk. He's going to uh, share with us one of the five parts of the uh, five solas that we've been talking about. So uh, colonel in the army, chaplain, right now helping train other chaplains at the chaplain school. You guys help me welcome Brian Harkai. Good morning, Grace Life. Uh, great to be here with you, worshiping with you today. Uh, third service is the cool service, so I'll let you know that <clears throat> the first two services, I had my hair down, but I, but I figured third service, you know, they're the best service, you're going to put the hair back up, right? So we're going to get some wild and crazy up here today and talk about some soul of fide and lots of good things that are going on. Um, but last week, uh, I was here, and I, I was on my way out, and, and uh, Jimmy said, hey, uh, are you ready? I said, I'm ready. I said, I just, I just, I just got to put some things together. And he said, you know what? You just, you be you, right? And I said, well, okay, I'll be me. And I figured this week as I was going through my notes, how can I be me, right? One of the things that I do is I can imagine all of you in uniform, right? Because I'm an army chaplain, and so I'm preaching. If you're in uniform, then that's, that's good for me. So right now you've all have uniforms on, right? If you do me a favor, just raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say, no, 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 don't do that. Uh, don't do that. I'm going to get in trouble. All right. So it's a, anyway, such a blessing and honor to just uh, to have fun and fellowship in the Lord. We can do that, right? We can be excited about what God is doing in our life, what he's doing around this place and and especially what he's doing through Grace Life, and that's reaching hearts and souls for the gospel of Jesus Christ and for his kingdom. So I'm excited. We'll continue our uh, Sola series today on faith alone. Uh, last uh, two weeks ago, Matt Bramer talked to us about um, Sola da Gloria, about uh, glory to God alone. And uh, when I was listening to that message and uh, thinking about what he had to say, I, I was reminded about, you know, when I'm back here on playing the drums, and uh, Andrew's, just, you know, he's getting down on, on the guitar and, and we're just fist bumping and having a great time. But it's not about that. It's not about just me. I'm going for it because I'm going for God. It's, it's all about giving God the glory in everything that we do and playing our instruments and, and, and what we do every day in our daily lives at work. Uh, in, and we're at Starbucks. I mean, every person you meet, it's, it's about doing what you do for the glory of God. So I'm excited about that, and uh, I, I was blessed by what Matt had to say. And then last week, of course, uh, Jake was up here, the great communicator, uh, and I, I was going to get some Sola Fide tattooed on there. I didn't make it, didn't have enough time, uh, but I'm, I'm telling you, listen to him really just fire me up about Solus Christos and what it means about Christ alone. And without Christ, where are we, right? So uh, it's all about that, and it's all about Sola Fide today. Uh, soul of Fide is the best one today because that's what we're talking about. And, and you can't have any other soul without faith. So that's certainly um, part of what we're going to talk about today. But before we get started, uh, a little bit about my, uh, my story and, and who I am, where I came from. Uh, and I'm excited because, you know, my story is always his story, right? That's history. 
It's his story in us, and, and we are called to, to share that uh, with other people. And, and I love hearing your stories, uh, and I hope you understand and listen to this one. But uh, it, it started when I met my wife um, in, in, back in Pittsburgh. She was in reserves. I was in the Army. I wasn't always an Army chaplain. I was a military police officer for about 10 years. And while I was in the MP battalion as a S3 operations officer, uh, my wife was a platoon leader and then an HHC commander, and, and um, you know, I just fell in love with her and, and, and all that God had in store for us, and we were excited, and we were going to church, and everything just seemed to be going great, uh, but I kind of found myself that, uh, going to church a lot, and um, <clears throat> one day, one of our battalion chaplains had, had came uh, in my office and shut the door. And, he, and he, he just looked at me, and he said, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm working. I don't understand. And uh, he said, uh, well, listen, I, I think you need to be a chaplain. And I said, I, I think you're crazy. I, I really enjoy what I'm doing right now. This is, this is good. This is what he said, no, seriously. He said, uh, you should consider it. So uh, he left, and I said, that guy was crazy, you know. Uh, but you know what? He, uh, God had already planted something, and, and, and this guy would, would just start to help uh, recognize it for me as it germinated something in, in my, my life. Uh, we were attending uh, an inner city gospel church that had, uh, it's called the Covenant Church of Pittsburgh, had great ministry to the inner city youth. And um, each day I, I just recognize and see in the face of God and, and, and children who, uh, poor children who didn't have anything. And uh, as my wife and I uh, continued to fellowship there and continued to get filled up, I knew that that God had something in store for me until eventually it, it came down to a point that uh, I knew that I had to make a change in my life. And so uh, I was talking to someone. I said, you know, what should I do? And they said, well, you know, you either, you either get out or you continue on to your next duty assignment because I, I knew it was coming up within that next year. So what I decided to do was look around for a seminary, and I found one that was just five miles away. I didn't care what it was. It was a seminary. And God was so impressed upon my heart that I needed to do something that I was just going to show him up, right? So I put my uniform, well, I had them on that day. And then so I just, I drove down to the seminary and, and I walked in and I was like this, you know, my chest out. And, and I said, they ain't going to want me. You know, I made sure I made my hair cut really, really tight that day. And, and I come in like this and said, hi, I'm, I'm thinking about joining and uh, I want to enroll in seminary. They said, great. We've been looking for you. I said, Really? They said, yeah, yeah, come on. We, we've been looking for some people from the military to be uh, a part of our classes, and, and, and we've been praying, and, and it's, it's almost like you're an answer prayer. I said, ah, I, I don't think so. I said, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing in the military, and I would never be able to come here full time. And, and I said, oh, really? Oh, we've got scholarships and a grant. We can give you money. You can just come here. I said, nah, come on. So, so I was coming up with every excuse that I had, but you know what? They were seeing right through that because it was God's plan, right? It wasn't Brian's plan at the time. Brian's plan was to just say, okay, God, I tried that. Check the block. I'm going back home, right? But no, it was more about having a little bit more faith in what God was doing to me than I could even understand. Well, about that time, uh, we decided to get out of the military. Um, my wife uh, was, was pregnant uh, for uh, our first son, Aiken. And, um, and so we thought everything was going to be groovy uh, and then the Lord would just take care of us, and, you know, she had a good job, and, and we would just rely on her paycheck, so got out of the Army, moved in seminary, and uh, she continued to work, and, you know, money continued to get a little bit tighter and tighter uh, as we 
as we went through um, the year, the first year, and um, I, I took a job uh, doing some preach bit, uh, pulpit preaching fills, and also working uh, along the campus trying to do some janitorial work, trying to make some money, 100 bucks here and there, and be able to keep things going. I was still able to rely upon my wife. Well, well, what happened was there were some complications with pregnancy, and then um, my wife had to stop working. And so, uh, and after about three weeks or so, you know, the insurance stopped paying for her to be home, not at work. And, and so we were left, we still had a good three or four months left before the baby was due, and, and yet uh, we had no job. And we had no money, no source of income. And, and I remember asking God, I said, God, I, you, you said to have faith, right? And your word says to trust you, and I, I've trusted you, I've done this, I've I, I love being in seminary. I love listening to what you have going on in, uh, in Scripture. I love, you know, listening to that every day. But yet, Lord, I, you know, we're getting hungry, and we're missing all these things that we used to have and, and that, we, that we started taking for granted. And so I, I remember um, uh, one day, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was one afternoon, evening. Uh, it was around 6 or 7 o'clock, and, um, and uh, we needed some milk and bread, and I looked in the refrigerator, and, you know, we didn't have anything, and I was wondering, God, you, you got to do something, so I grabbed the trash, and, I, and as I was praying, I was walking out, and the snow was falling, and uh, I, was, I was getting ready to throw the, the trash in the, in the dumpster, and I looked down, and there was a $20 bill. You ever been like that? And he's just like, I see that, so you start looking around. <laughs> Say, I mean, I was just praying, you know, God, you know, I, I need money. And, and all of a sudden there was a $20 bill. And I was like, did he put that there? You know, I was like, Hun. so, you know, so you normally, you, you reach down, you, you get the money. And, and it, I mean, it's like, it's kind of dark, six, seven o'clock, snow's falling. It's an evening. And you go like, does anybody lose $20? Anybody lose $20? You know, um, n- nobody said anything. So I said, like, okay, Lord, uh, I'll take this 20 bucks and, and I promise you, that uh, someday that I, I, would, I, would, I would give it back 10 times fold. So I, I took the money and, and I ran to the store and, and I got the mil- milk and, and the bread and eggs and come back and Jeff was like, where'd you get that money? It's like, God provided. He's a provider, right? So um, it was later that I told her that story. She's like, why didn't you tell me that? So uh, anyway, so, so everything seemed to be okay, right? We were trusting in God and having faith in who he was in, in our life. And then, and then next thing you know, that there were some complications with pregnancy. That my, that's because my wife was home. Uh, she went to a doctor's office uh, visit that moment, and, and I was helping the camp with a youth camp. So I was at school, um, and and they decided to keep her there, right? So um, while she was in the hospital, I was at I was uh, I was at school doing my thing, uh, working with the youth camp. And then next thing you know, um, I'm getting a knock on the door from a security officer saying, hey, are you Brian Harkin? I said, yeah. I said, well, uh, someone's calling from the hospital. Your wife just had a baby. And, um, and so oh, that was, it seemed kind of funny at first. But, and then I was like, oh, my goodness, I got to get there, right? So I, I ran there, and I found out that um, my wife had emergency C-section, and uh, my son Aiken was born at two and a half pounds, right? So a preemie, 10 and a, 10 and a half weeks early. I know, ah, right? But if you want to look in, in the, you know, he's, he's sitting here with us today. He's tall as I am and a healthy young man, just, just graduated uh, high school last year, getting ready to go to college. And so 
uh, he's, he's a blessing. And to be able to know that, uh, have the faith, believe that um, God can do miracles. And uh, he's done a miracle uh, in, in that young man. And I'm so blessed to know that. You know, that's my story. We, we talk about our stories and, and, and how important it is to share with others because you never know when you tell your story how many other people are going through the exact same thing. But it's all about having faith, right? But, but for me during that time, uh, when I, I wanted to trust God, but I was more worried about, uh, about the storm that was outside the boat and, and instead of the storm, uh, the maker of the storm that was in the boat with me. And so it's all about changing our focus. It's all about figuring out where it is that, that God wants us to be and what's, what's, what's he wants us to do for his life. So today we'll continue our series in Soul of Fide and like every good action-packed uh, film, any Marvel studios, studio uh, movie set, uh, we're going to talk about um, a Soul of Fide with some great heroes uh, from the history. We're going to talk about uh, some suspense, and uh, always, hopefully, a great ending uh, for us. But five solas are more than just pillars of faith. Five solas, five solas have to be the, the foundational rallying cries. It was, a, it was the group of reformers that we saw on the bumper that, that were huddled together. Uh, there was a monolithic um, series that was going on from the Catholic Church, and they was preaching this one message, and, and yet, yet these people were coming up against a wave that was ten times bigger than them but yet they had the faith and to believe that God was speaking to their heart because something came alive in Scripture for them, and they wanted the world to hear it. It was a courage like Tyndale, Huss, and Luther who risked uh, their lives and also lost their lives, unchanging, unchaining the gospel from the pulpit and give it to the saints and sinners are like you and me today. In 1593, William Tyndale, he was strangled, and then he was burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English. It wasn't bad enough that he would be strangled, but they, they, they wanted to make a point of it, so they even, so they even uh, burned him at the stake as well. In fact, if you were alive during this time and you owned an English Bible, it would have been punishable by death if it was written in English. And what if you were lucky enough to have a Bible during this time in the 16th century? It would have cost you 10% of your annual income. Think about that. And think about all the Bibles and scriptures that we have in our house. I, I took inventory uh, sitting in my chair as I was doing some research about where all my scriptures is in a box or is in a shelf or just packed away somewhere. And how much that scripture meant to them during this time. It was a people like John Huss, a Czech priest. He was considered one of the first church reformers who spoke out against uh, the corruption of the church. And this was 100 years before Martin Luther even came on the scene. And Martin Luther escaped Rome and went all the way to Germany to nail the 95 Thesis on the door in Wittenberg. And he declared that sola fide is the article in which the church would stand or fall. So clearly Luther's conviction of this doctrine, it echoed across the world through time, touching the hearts and souls for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Later, it was theologian John Calvin, the Presbyterian, who said the doctrine of faith alone is the head and the cornerstone of all doctrines. It alone begets, it preserves, it is the master and judge over all doctrines. And without it, the world would be in utter and complete darkness. Out of all the solas, John Calvin said that 
Sola fide is the hinge and where salvation stands or falls. So what does our scripture say about sola fide? What does it say about faith alone? Well, if you turn to me, if you got your Bibles, your iPhones, let's go to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. If you don't have them, you can please look right behind me. It'll be on the screen. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. It says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Let me go back from the beginning real quick. <clears throat> for by grace, whose grace? For by his grace, right? For by his grace, we, you and I, have been saved through faith. And this is not of our own doing. Is it something that we did? No. But it is a gift of God that's been given to us, not as a result of our works, so that no man may boast. So at first glance, we think sola fide is, is a faith of uh, just the normal faith. My wife said, hey, she's listened to my sermon. She said, well, you got to tell them what faith's all about. What is faith? Faith is not just getting up in the morning knowing that your car is going to start. Faith is not having the faith to believe that, that your kids are actually going to brush your teeth in the morning. It doesn't happen. Faith is not about understanding that, that things are just going to happen in your life because you just got to have the faith. And in a way that, that, that faith is, that we're talking about, the reformers, is a faith about salvation. So like the reformers, and like those who've risked their lives and given their lives uh, for these five doctrines of faith, we too must not abandon what it means, and figure out how to get it out of our head and into our bloodstream about faith alone. I come up with three questions. If we can answer these questions, I believe it will help us get through what faith alone means to us. Number one, faith alone is important for salvation. The Ephesian text says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. If salvation is the key, what do we need to save from? I, th I think it came in a sermon series we had several weeks ago when we were discussing Adam and Eve. Sin entered the world through Adam, and his sin brought death to everyone. If you remember, that, that was the text where I made notes, and I still have it, and I could show Jimmy, that he said, I quoted him, when we get to heaven, that he was going to have a talk with Adam about all that best that was going on down there, right? And then all of us will be standing over here and see how it works, and then, you know, and then we'll, we'll work it out together. Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. And I would add, as Paul adds later on, and fallen short of the glory of God. So how do we know there's sin? Simply because it, we, we learn in Romans 5.12, there is death through sin. None of us will live forever. We're all going to eventually die. We live our life here on this earth, and when we're gone, we're gone. We don't come back, and there's no sequel to our life. There is no Brian Harkai Part 2. There is no Revenge of the Jimmy Currents. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. The Old, Testament, the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus says, because of their sin, there has to be death. A sacrifice has to be made. In the New Testament, it says, the wages of sin are death. In the Old Testament, an atonement has to be made to cover the sins of the people. Blood must be shed to cover 
the law. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ becomes the ultimate sacrifice who took upon all the sins of the world unto himself. Question number two, how can a righteous God accept a sinner like me? If, if God, who is righteous, how can he accept a sinner? If a righteous cannot coexist with a sinful body, how can the two go together? From the Adam and Eve series, we learned that because of sin entered man, we lost our relationship with God. We lost our righteousness with God the Father. What is righteousness? Righteousness simply means being right with God, being without sin. We learned that in the Noah sermon series when God said that there is no one more righteous than Noah. And because of the sin that was in the world, that covered the world, that God sent a flood to come to destroy everything except for Noah and his family because sin was so great. Hebrews 11.7 says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear he built an ark to save his family. By faith he condemned the world and become heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. You remember a gentleman named Abraham? Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Was this righteousness something of their own? No, it's not. Martin Luther calls it an alien righteousness, a righteousness that belongs to somebody else, namely the righteousness of Christ. Martin Luther, when I was reading this and, and reading Luther's text, it said, when I discovered that, I was born again of the Holy Ghost, and the doors of paradise swung open, and I just walked through it. It changed his life. The text had changed the trajectory of the way that he would live for eternity. The Bible defines a foreign righteousness as a righteousness that is imputed into us, a concept that is unique to Christian, uh, to Christian theology only. When I was studying this, I also learned a little bit about the difference between divine accomplishment and human achievement. And I think this is why it's important for us today. Biblical Christianity is distinct in, in every other religion that is centered on what God has accomplished through his son, Jesus Christ, and his finished work in us, while all other religions are based on human achievement and what they have done for themselves. And if we abandon the doctrine of justification by faith, we abandon the only way of salvation. Number three, third question I would ask, what else does faith alone bring? I would say it brings forgiveness. Faith alone brings forgiveness to our lives. The New Testament talks about Jesus in his death, taking on the penalty of our sin upon himself. On the cross, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In Mark 10, 45, Jesus was a ransom for many. In Galatians 1.4, he gave himself up for the sins to rescue us from this present age. Faith alone also brings healing. As I was reading through the text, I, I ran across a story about the woman who had the bleeding disorder. For over 12 years, she suffered with this bleeding disorder, this disease in her life. 
She went to every physician and every doctor that, that she can find. And I love that the text, it made a point to say, even though that she spent all her money on every physician, her condition continually got worse and worse and worse. Until yet one day she heard of a man named Jesus. She heard that he was a healer and he was coming to town and she was going to go get this Jesus. She knew that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, if she could just be close to him, get him to, to speak to her in some way and somehow, that she would be healed. So she takes off all through the crowd. As Jesus was walking, there was a crowd amongst lots of people who were there. And the book of Leviticus says, if you have this bleeding disorder that, that you are defiled, and anybody you touch are defiled, right, that you cannot even go to worship because of this. But she didn't care who she touched. She didn't care who was in her way. She ran and ran until she got to the point where she touched the hem of his garment. And the scripture says that Jesus was standing there and he said, the, the power was lost from within me. It was gone. And yet all the disciples were around him and they, they were guarding Jesus because the crowd was pressing in and pressing in. And, and Jesus said, someone had touched me and the power was released. And they said, Jesus, come on, Jesus. That really didn't happen. There's so many people. How did you know that one person touched you? Everybody's touching you. He said, no. So he turns around and there was this woman and she was backing off, but they see eye to eye. And when she sees her, Jesus sees her, the Bible and the scripture says that she runs up and falls at his feet. And then guess what she does? She tells him her story. She tells him about for the last 12 years with the sickness that she has, how she couldn't hold her kids, how she couldn't be with her, her husband, how none of her friends ever wanted to be around her. But yet now things are changed. Things are different. Because Jesus reached down and he says to her, daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. Ah, I love that text. Matter of fact, the word made you well, right? The word is actually sozo. Not faith has made you well. Sozo comes from the, the root word salvation. So that is the Greek word for that particular text. And so that which means he was really saying, daughter, your faith has saved you. Has saved you from your sickness. Has saved you from the things in this world. And you imagine the moment between him and her. All the commotion between those two. It was just them. I love that text. It was the blind man who came to Jesus and said, <clears throat> Now, Jesus tells him to go that your faith had made you well. It was the man that we listened to last week when Jake was talking to us about uh, the man that was raised to the roof that came down uh, as Jesus was preaching. Can you imagine all the, the hay and, and the sticks and everything that was falling down? And yet, yet those friends of that man knew if they could just get that paralyzed guy in front of Jesus. They had so much faith that Jesus walks up to him and says, pick up your mat and go. Mm. Faith alone also brings eternal life. Matthew 5.20 says, Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. 
But John 24, it goes on to say, True, truly, I say to you that he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. So by faith and by faith alone, we receive the forgiveness of Christ, which provides us through his humiliating and painful death upon the cross. The result for us is eternal life. You know, there are many churches and denominations in the world. There are over 200 ecclesiastical endorsers in the military. Each one of those endorse a chaplain for the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force. And each one of those comes with a different faith declaration, a faith statement. Each one of those comes with traditions of their own, different uh, traditions and worships and sacraments and rituals uh, that we're not used to. Many of us here today have been to multiple churches in our life. This may not be the first church that you've been at, but I'm glad you've landed here. But you have a history of churches and, and going to different rituals and different things. But I'm here to tell you that there is only one true way to God. There are 200,000 evangelical churches across America, and each one of them is seeking a way to heaven, to eternal life. But there, yet, Paul tells us, Jesus is the way. He said that no one comes to the Father except through me, and I will say, I'll add, soli Christos, Christ alone. Our faith is not dependent upon, uh, and our salvation is not dependent upon uh, any ritual, any special sacrament, beads, or dress. Jesus said, come as you are. It is our faith in soli Christos, Christ alone, that we are saved. Just like the demon-possessed woman's daughter who was healed by nothing more than her faith in Jesus. There was a murderer on the cross who believed, and was sure that we believe today is in paradise because of his faith in Jesus. If I could sum up the New Testament, I would do it in three, in, in three statements. Number one, we are sinners. And number two, Christ is the Redeemer. And number three, if we confess with our mouth and simply have the faith to believe, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we can be saved. While visiting our family back in Northeast a few weeks ago, I recall a day when my, my wife had, had called for me. Uh, she had lots of excitement in her voice, and, and I was trying to do my devotions and a little distracted, but she needed me, so I decided I would come up to see what she was doing. When I got up to her room, she was cleaning off uh, an old shelf and straightening out some books and, and um, trying to take care of uh, her old room. And she, but she had this Bible in her hand, and she, and she said, Here, look, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. She was so excited, so she turns to like the first two pages, and, and she, she shows it to me, and, and I look at it and I say, Okay, that's nice. Now she said, No, 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 here, the, the, that's the little scripture up there. It says, baptized, 974. She said, this is an answer to my prayer. Well, um, the backstory to that, why that's such an answer to her prayer, is the fact that uh, two years ago, we PCS'd from Kaiserslautern, Germany, uh, to Columbia to go to Fort Jackson. And my in-laws had driven from Indiana, Pennsylvania, all the way down so that they can help us get set up in our house. The day that our, the truck showed up with all of our household goods, my mother-in-law had fell that morning and hit her head. What started out as a, a headache, a bad headache, and then a bump after a visit uh, to the hospital, 
quickly became a brain hematoma, and then eventually she went into a coma. We, we visited with her for approximately uh, nine months, three different hospitals, and, and multiple, multiple surgeries. After nine months later, we, we took her back to her home in Indiana, Pennsylvania uh, for hospice. And she was able to be home for about three and a half months before she went to be home with uh, the Father in heaven. Why does this mean so much to my wife? She knows that her mother believed in Jesus. Matter of fact, my mother-in-law and I had that conversation while she was in the hospital. She wasn't able to speak very much, but she would nod and wink at me. But it's more than knowing just Jesus. It's knowing that because of this baptized in 974, four years after my wife was born, that my mother-in-law made a public dedication to be baptized, confessing that Jesus Christ was her Lord and Savior. And that is a wonderful news to know that someday that she and her mother, she could see her mother again. I know that a lot of us here would hope and pray that, that we've got family members and loved ones that we would love to see someday. And you have to have the faith that you are saved through salvation, through Jesus Christ. But sometimes you just don't know how to get there. Some of us today are maybe searching for forgiveness. And Jesus is the great forgiver. There's nothing you have done that he can't forgive. Some of us today are searching for a healing of a disease or sickness that you've had for such a long time. Like the woman who was sick for over 12 years. Maybe our focus is too much on the doctors. Maybe our focus should be on Jesus. He is the great healer, the great physician. Some of us today, as I mentioned, may be searching for a way for eternal life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he provides life eternal. So thinking about that and all that we've talked about today in Sola Fide, many of us here, there may be a few of us who've decided I've not had that relationship before. I've not made that declaration in my life. So I'd like to pray if you would, and we'll give an opportunity for them to do that. So would you bow your heads? Mighty God, we thank you so much for the scripture. We thank you for what's in this Bible that's, that is alive in us today, that burns in our hearts, that echoes through time. It is a timeless fact. Father God, that you have died on the cross over 2,000 years ago for us. And if we just believe, Father God, your word says that we can be saved. Lord, for those who are out there today that, that has not known you in a personal relationship with you, maybe they've, they've come because they want to know something, what you have to offer. Lord, we want to accept them in your family today. We want them to make that confession of faith, to believe and trust that you and you alone, Lord, can save us. As we said in our scripture, 
For it is by your grace, Lord, that we are saved through faith as a gift to us. And there's nothing that we can do, Lord, but it's what you've already done for us. And we will boast in that. So if you pray this prayer, I welcome you and the family of God and bless you for eternity. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.